born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Love is the nuclear glue that holds everything together. Love is what causes a husband and wife to be able to get along because they love one another. When you don't love each other, nothing will work. Rules and regulations won't work. Because if you don't love each other, you'll despise the rules and the regulations. You despise everything you're supposed to do because you don't love anymore. Because you don't care. You don't want the best for the other person. You just think about, what do I want? What do I want? It's my life. Love makes you think about the other person and what's best for the other person. But when you don't, it won't work that way. So he says, from whom the whole body, the whole body, that means every believer is supposed to be so fitly joined together in love that we move, act, think in unity as one person to fulfill the will of God. And we're like one person in, in love. And that's one thing that can be said. Of, uh, remember this, it said about the disciples, how they loved one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Look what else he says here in verse 17 now. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Now he's writing to the Christians at Ephesus. These are Gentile believers. So he says, don't walk as a lost man. You're different. You're a saved man. You're part of the family of God. So he says, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Now remember I said the last three chapters is talking about your walk. It means how you live. It's your walk and your talk. Speaking the truth in love. So it has to do with how you speak also. So when he says here, not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. It means that they're, they're, they're empty-headed, that there's nothing up there, the elevator don't go clean to the top, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you have people that are not mature. They don't grow up. They're not maturing in the Lord like they ought to. So he says in verse 18, now he gives us three things here in this one verse that are descriptive of what he's talking about when he says, walking in the vanity of their mind. In verse 18, having the understanding darkened, been alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, that's the way you were when you were lost. That's the way lost men live. 
They do whatever they think is right in their own eyes. And God says they're blind. They can't see. They don't know where they're going when they die. They don't know where they came from. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. They don't really know. But you see, you and I, we have the light. We can see. If you take a blind man and put him in a room, and you take a, uh, a man who can see and put him in a room, and there's all kind of obstacles all over the place, well, the man who has eyesight ought to be able to see where they are. And he shouldn't stumble over them. Now, the man that can't see, well, he has a good excuse. He can't see. That's why you don't mock a blind man. Okay, Tom, you can wake up now. Okay, I didn't know if you, I, your eyes looked like they were closed to me. <laughs> but look what he says. Because of the blindness of their heart. Now, we're not talking about the blindness of their eyes. The blindness of their heart. He said, don't live like that. Don't walk like that. So God does want his children to be different. So that's why you study the Bible to learn the biblical principles in your life. See, there's a lot of things that God doesn't address. But in principle, it will. Not to make provision for the lust of the flesh. Well, that means that uh, whatever it might be, those provisions. The devil says that he will use anything possible, by all means, to enslave the blind, whatever he can do. Paul says that I will, by all means, serve the Lord. So the devil's going to use every means possible to get you. And Paul's talking about using every mean that we can to fulfill the will of God. But whatever those means are, it has to still be right. The devil's is always wrong. Spiritual discernment is understanding the difference between the two, so that you can be wise. Look what he says in verse 19. Who, talking about you and I, being in past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, that means all manner of evil and wickedness. And you'll notice that many times uh, when you see a word and you say, well, what in the world does that word mean? The Bible, especially the King James, will teach you what it means. And in the last part of the verse, it says, to work all uncleanness with greediness. That's the definition of the word. In verse 20, but ye have not so learned Christ. In other words, you didn't learn that from the Lord. Being mean and ugly, walking in the flesh, hateful, and you know all the wicked things you can think about, you didn't learn that from God. That came from your old sinful nature. God gave you a new birth with a new nature, and he says, I want you to walk according to the new nature. You're a new man. So he says in verse 21, If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. Now see, you're saved. You have eternal life. You're going to heaven when you die. But not all of God's children has been taught by him. That's why you come to Sunday school, church, whenever you possibly can, or read your Bible, and so that you can learn of Christ. So as you learn, walk according to the truth that you know. Don't worry about walking according to the truth you don't know. You just be obedient to all that you do know, and you'll gain more knowledge. But why would God give you additional truth when you disobey the truth that you already have? So that's why sometimes you'll have Christians who go to church for 20 years, never mature in the Lord, never grow. Because they pick and choose what parts of the Bible they want to obey. 
And God says, well, this truth is hinged upon this truth. And since you rebelled against this truth, you can't have this one. It's kind of like building a, a house and you uh, got certain things that you got to put in and you want to have a lentil and so forth. Well, you, if you reject that one, then you, you can't have the window because you have to have that over it or you can't build on top of it. So when you reject the truth, it's going to keep you from being able to be a finished building. And so you're going to always be in mainly in repair. But look what he says. In verse 22, he's kind of showing you now the difference between the old man and the new man. The old nature, the new nature. You see, the way you were, you were a lost man. Remember Ephesians chapter 2. And you walk according to the course of this world after the old prince of the power of the air. And we were by nature the children of wrath. But now you trusted Christ as Savior, for by grace are you saved. And you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and from the promises of God. But now you are fellow citizens, joint heirs. You're somebody, you're part of the body of Christ. Now walk according to this new person, this new standing that you have in, in the Lord. So he says in verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former manner of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now, I've used this many times before, but let me just run it by you one more time. This is our first birth. This is our old man. This is where we have an old sinful nature. It's flesh birth. Born into the world of the flesh, lives in the flesh, dies in the flesh. So this one here is not of God. That which is born of the flesh, these are not the children of God. And flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And so because of the sinful nature we have, we all sin, so we all die. So God said that he wanted to save us from the penalty of sin. And from sin itself. Deliver us from the grave. All those things that we want freedom from. To be free from the law. You see, this one is subservient to the law. And the law condemns anything that's not perfect. Well, there we are. So God says that when you trust Christ as your Savior, He doesn't reform this one. That's the old man. He doesn't do anything with it. He gives you a new birth. This one is born of God. This is the new one. You have a, the Holy Spirit living within you. This one being born of God. God's the Father. You're His child. You're a child of God. No sinful nature there, no sinful nature here. No sinful nature, no sin. No sin can't die. Once you're a child of God, live forever. See how simple it is when you understand it. You see there now in verse 24 where he says, And that you put on the new man. The new man, get this, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Uh -huh. How did it describe the old man? Verse 22, corrupt, the new man, holy. All right, look up here. The old man, corrupt. And when you trusted Christ as Savior, this one didn't get exterminated. He's still there, still around. God didn't change this one. He just simply gave you something new, gave you a new birth. So in my own personal life, I was born into this world 68 years ago. 
I was born into God's family 50 years ago. So this one is not as old as this one. So this was old, this one's new. Now with every individual, your first birth is older than your second birth. Can you figure this out? It's always the old man is called the old man because he's older than your new man. It can never be reversed. So because you have these two, God says, as a Christian, put this one off. In other words, don't live like a lost man. Don't let this old man have control of your life. Don't let him dominate your life. He's corrupt. He's no good. God says, I gave you a new birth. Now you're a child of God, and look who you are because of the wealth. You see, I'd rather be a child of God and poor in this world than to be a lost man and have all the world and die and go to hell. So I would rather be what God wants me to be. Now look what he says here in verse 22. That you put off concerning the former behavior, the manner of life, the way you live. The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed, and here's the key, the thing that lies between the old man and the new man is verse 23. Look what it says. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, the body and whatever it does is a byproduct of the way you think. So if you want to transform your life, you have to transform the way you think. If you can change a man's thinking, you don't have to worry about the body. It will follow and obey him and be a servant. But if you can't change the man's mind in the body, in the flesh, you have an old sinful nature and it will control. And that's why it says, Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, is saying the same thing it's saying right here. And it shows you how clearly there is these two natures, these two births, the old man and the new man. And understand, the old man, the flesh, fights against the new man, the spirit. And they fight all the time. Well, what are they fighting for? My mind. My mind. And that's why he says in the book of Corinthians that every thought can become captivated by the Lord. So if God could capture your mind, he'll get your body. Now you may bring your body to this church service, but that doesn't mean that God has your mind or God has your heart. You can sit here and nothing be right in your life. But if God gets this, He'll get everything else. If you love the Lord, serving Him will not be the problem. Serving God is not a problem. It's only the byproduct of your love. What makes serving God hard is when you don't love Him. Enough to discipline your life. So look what he said. In verse 25, Wherefore, putting aside or away lying, and all these things. Now, he's telling you some things here that are the works of the flesh. He said, put these aside. 
So when he says, put off the former behaviors, now he's going to tell you what he means. He says, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for your members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal. No more let him labor with his hands. I, I, I read that wrong. But he's talking a little bit about different areas of your life. Let him that stole steal no more. But let him labor with his hands in order to provide for himself. And get this, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that, why, why do you work? Well, I don't have to work. I don't need any money. Just to take care of myself is all I need. Wait, 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 wait. That's not what God's word says. He says you work so that you can make money so that you may have to give to him that need it. Ooh. 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 Well, I thought it was just to take care of myself. No, 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 no. That's why as you get older, don't you get lazy. Don't you get lazy. Keep yourself busy. Keep yourself going. Have something to do. Always have a project, an object, something that you're doing. Have a ministry. Die when you're dead. I hate it when people die in advance, ahead of time. Their body's still walking around and they're dead. You know, a grave is nothing but a, a rut that's open on both ends. And you just walk in slowly. Don't even know what's happening. You're already dead. Just need to kick some dirt on you. I'm just joking. You know. <laughs> some of y'all don't know me very well. In verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let no corrupt communication. You think that means to guard what you say and how you say it? I think it would cover something like that. Not to steal, about working. All these things, it's, uh, God, don't let the old man dominate your life. Well, it's just the way I am. I know, but it's not the way God wants you to be. Well, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. Because God said so. Would God ask you to do something you couldn't do? No. He has given to every man the grace that he needs to do what God wants him to do. Now, you may not do it. You don't want to do it. And you can deceive yourself. Look what he says. I want you to see this. Look there in chapter 4 and look down there in verse 14. Where he makes this statement. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro by and carried about by every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait. And here's those words. To deceive. To deceive. You can be deceived and even deceive yourself. That's why the Bible says, no, be not deceived. Be not deceived. Why? Because you can be. And you have to be careful. Now look there, back there into verse 30. Verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Or right, look up here. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Now, does the Holy Spirit, does he, is he over here in this old man? Or is the Holy Spirit over here for this new man? The new man. So even though you're a child of God, when you got your new birth, the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the Holy Spirit is the power that raised up Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit did that. 
You have within you all the power you need to take care of this guy over here. All that you have to do as a child is lean upon the power of the Holy Spirit, and He can take care of the flesh. But when you don't, you're not strong enough. And God wants you to grow to be a strong individual in the Lord. Now look what He said. In verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking and be put away from you with all malice. That's all the extreme, the hatred and so forth that goes on, and the ill will, the unprovoked attitude that you have. And then look in verse 32. Be ye kind one to another. I, I wonder which one that comes from. Tender-hearted. You ever met anybody hard-hearted? They're not tender-hearted. They're hard-hearted. They're calloused. They're not sensitive. They have no feelings. They have what you call a I don't care attitude. I, I really have to watch that. <laughs> I'm glad you're not like me. And get to forgiving one another. You know, that's one of the hardest things for Christians to do. When somebody wrongs you, to forgive them. We carry grudges and we want to get even. Husband or wife, kids, you know, it doesn't matter. We want to get even. We want to say hurtful things back to hurt people who have hurt us. Because that's just what we do. Well, that's the old man. Now, the new man is to be tender-hearted, forgiving. He says, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So, I think it's a good study throughout the book of Ephesians. as teaching us how to walk. Now, chapter 5 deals with more on how to walk. And that's when you talk about and be filled with the Spirit. It means to be controlled by the Spirit. Look there in verse 18, and we'll close with this verse. As he goes through more and talks to us about his children, being you followers or imitators of God in chapter 5 and verse 1, as dear children, and then he says here, be not drunk with wine, it means being under its influence, but be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit controls you, uh, then um, it, it, it helps you to think. It helps you in what you say. It helps you in your choices and the decisions you make in life. But when you don't, you 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 got this old man controlling your life. So can a Christian who lives like his old nature live like a lost man? Yes. See, there's a lot of preachers that don't believe that. Well, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to go out here and do all these bad things. They don't know the book, and they don't know human nature. They say, well, God eradicated. No, he did not. If he did, then what's your problem? Why is so many Christians struggling in the Christian life? I've listened to people say, well, I haven't sinned in 40 years. And then they go off with some secretary, or they've done, done this with some queer and they've done all these bad... Well, wait a minute, what happened? I thought it was eradicated. They're hypocrites to their own teaching. You still have this old man. And he's still very deceptive. Don't trust him. Don't, don't turn your back on him. Look up here. This hand representing you and me. God says that he loves us. But we're born into this world with an old sinful nature. It means we sin naturally. You don't have to be taught how to sin. 
Well, I did. No, no. Everybody sins. This wallet represents sin. We have all sinned. And because we've sinned, the wages of sin is death. So we have a debt to pay. But God loves us. But He doesn't want us to pay for this sin because that's eternal separation from Him. So the Bible says to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We're all sinners. And God says you cannot save yourself by what you do. We need a Savior. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So what Christ did for one person, He did for the whole world. Took all the sin of all the world, made one payment, came back from the dead. Never has to do it again. They're all paid. And God says, when I believe that He did it for me, He puts this payment to my account. I'm forgiven of all my sin. It's just like I died and I paid for all of my sins. My debt is paid. So I don't have to go to hell and pay for sin because He paid for my sins. And once you accept that payment, it's a done deal. Paid in full. That's why I can't go to hell. I can't go to hell today. I can't go tomorrow. I can't go in 10 years. I can never go to hell. He died for my sins. Oh, that's good news. Now, if you'll believe He did it for you, guess what He'll do? He'll save you just like He did me. Everybody gets to heaven the same way. You accept Christ as your Savior or you don't go. Isn't that fair? All you have to do is believe it. Will you believe that He did this for you? Now, you're here this morning, and I, I don't know if you trust Christ as Savior. And I want you to. I want you to go to heaven. I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to think, well, I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> then you don't get it. The best you can do is not good enough. You need a payment for your sin. Christ did that. Will you trust Him as your Savior? Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust Him? All I want you to do is right where you're sitting, I want you to talk to the Lord. You see, you don't make a mistake this way. Only the Lord knows your thoughts. He can read your mind. But just tell Him something simple like this. Lord, I'm a sinner. I don't understand it all. But I believe Jesus Christ died on that cross and paid for my sins. Today, right now, this moment, I will accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And friend, God said if you would do just that much, it's all you have to do, that He would save you from hell, give you eternal life, and you get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for you. Would you trust Him? I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And I'd like to know. So with head by nice clothes, is there anyone at all? This morning, say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. And preach, I'd like you to pray for me. Would you slip it up real quickly and put it right back down? If you've already trusted the Lord, you don't have to do it again. But if you've never done it before, say, right now, I will trust the Lord. Would you slip it up real quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Yes, God bless you, man. I appreciate that. The sign of good judgment. Anyone else? You can put it down. Remember, by trusting Christ as your Savior, He gives you eternal life. And He'll never cast you out and never lose you. You that know Christ as your Savior, has He been talking to you this morning? Are you walking with Him? I want you to serve Him. 
Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us, especially for the individual that indicated by an uplifted hand that they would trust you as Savior. By doing so, they become your child, your child forever. But you'll never cast them out and never lose them. We ask your blessings on each person here to help them to understand the value of walking with you, growing up, letting Christ build them into a strong house. We thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.